got everybody's smiling Christmas face. Um, <laughs> how do I do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Happy Christmas, everybody. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, today's lesson actually is all about peace. Uh, page, page 44 in the workbook, lesson 359. Page 484, lesson 359. It's the, I just realized this last night, but it's, <laughs> it's the only uh, lesson in the workbook that has four lines. <laughs> Special Christmas lesson. Four lines. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. Prison door is open. Sin is understood as merely a mistake. So the, the gist of all this is, uh, and, and peace is resounding, this idea of peace, internal peace, which gets reflected onto the world. Um, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. <laughs> So it starts with the internal goodwill, and then it gets um, reflected into the world uh, and the way we see the world peacefully instead of judgmentally. So lesson 359. Um, Myra, you want to read that, and then we'll get quiet for a little bit, please. Okay, Tim. Thanks. Thank you. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed, all misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are opened, and all sin is understood as merely a mistake. Father, today we will forgive your world and let creation be your own. We have misunderstood all things, but we have not made sinners of the Holy Son of God. What you created sinless, so abides forever and forever. Such are we. And we rejoice to learn that we have made mistakes which have no real effects on us. Sin is impossible. And on this fact, forgiveness rests upon a certain base more solid than the shadow world we see. Help us forgive, for we would be redeemed. Help us forgive, for we would be at peace. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Myra. We'll get quiet for a little bit.
and gently, gently, gently. Last night, uh, we were trying to find a Christmas movie to watch, <laughs> something not too too hallmarky for yesterday. <laughs> Our great discussion of Hallmark movies, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and I was aware of this movie. It, it was I was shocked how old it was, almost a little more than thirty years old. Called Prancer with Sam Elliott. So we're watching this thing, and I'm like, we're you know we're like we'll, we'll give it ten minutes. If we can stand it, <laughs> we'll watch the rest of it. It was really clever. The little girl playing, the, you know, the lead part, she was really good. I mean, it, even by today's standards, it was real. It's really a good movie. It's on HBO for free, and I'm sure you can get it anywhere. But, but well worth seeing, I think. Um, about halfway through it, they start reading this really beautiful thing, and it sounds so coursey. <laughs> It sounds uh it's an amazing thing and i'm like what what are they reading um and then they kind of sum up the whole movie with this reading from this book actually it turns out it's a uh, it's the whatever it was the new york whatever article the answer to virginia if there's a santa claus oh my god <laughs> you, you got to pull it up on wikipedia that's where i got it <laughs> But I just want to read a few excerpts. And I remember now that Ken actually read this at some point at a Christmas seminar way back when. It's recorded somewhere on one of his Christmas seminars. So I'm just going to read a few uh, few of the excerpts. And, and you'll hear um, certainly the Jesus of the Chorus's message in it. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe unless they see it. They think that nothing can be seen which is not comprehensible by their little minds. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. And you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would the world be if there were no Santa Claus? It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world we would, would be extinguished. Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is one. There is not one. The most real things in this world are those that neither children nor men can see. But that's not proof that they're not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in this world. You may tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside. But there is a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men 
that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the supernatural beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in all this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus, ha! <laughs> Thank God he lives and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, 10 times 10,000 years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 10 times 10,000 years from now. So the, the re resounding theme in the course, especially in respect to Christmas, is this birth of the Christ consciousness in us individually. That's, that's what Christmas is really all about. And today's lesson, um, a lot of the references uh, throughout the course about Christmas time, they're all about, um, what's the phrase, accept not Jesus into a manger, but accept him into us. We become the manger. Our minds become the altar. Our minds become the manger to allow that awareness of the Christ to begin to be reborn in us every day, each and every day. Christmas time is all is every day. All these references that we'll look at today are all online on uh, on the website page on Christmas time in in on our website. Um, so I wanted to look at some of the ones we don't usually look at. The ones we usually look at, the big three are uh, Lesson 303 in the workbook, The Holy Christ is Born in Me Today. Lesson 182, we've done whole giant weekend seminars on that. Um, I will be still an instant and go home, my true home in heaven. Um, and then today, towards the end of the class, um, Christmas as the end of sacrifice. Chapter 15, a lot of references to Christmas in chapter 15. Lynn will go over that section um, in the last half of today's gathering. But today I wanted to start with uh, some of the uh, ones that are mentioned on that website page that we don't usually look at. This is in the manual on page 36. And uh, it's in the uh, sec section number 14, how will the world end? Which is an unusual place to, <laughs> I would think to mention Christmas and this idea of a savior and the birth of the Christ consciousness, that childhood memory of who we truly are inside each and every one of us. Paragraph two, paragraph two. Dave Van Dyke, you wanna read that on page 36 in the manual, paragraph two, please. Sure. Until forgiveness is complete, the world does have a purpose. It becomes the home in which forgiveness is born and where it grows and becomes stronger and more all-embracing. Here is it nourished, or here it is needed. A gentle savior born, where sin was made and guilt seemed real. Here is his home, for here there is need of him indeed. He brings the ending of the world with him. 
It is his call, God's teacher's answer, turning to him in silence to receive his word. The world will end when all things in it have been rightly judged by his judgment. The world will end with the benediction of holiness upon it. When not one thought of sin remains, the world is over. It will not be destroyed, nor attacked, nor even touched. It will, it will merely cease to seem to be. Thanks, Dave. Any thoughts, Dave? It <clears throat> uh, reminds me of um, the title of Gary Renard's book, The Disappearance of the Universe. Uh, and uh, this, this is, I, I think, talking about the end of, end of perception and, uh, and the, the end of our need to project anything onto the world at all, I guess, something along those lines. Yeah, how does he put it? The world doesn't go out with a big bang. It doesn't explode in a nothingness. It just goes out with a little sigh of relief. <laughs> a gentle savior born where sin was, was made and guilt made real. He brings the ending of the world with him. Oh, Merry Christmas to that. <laughs> Jesus is going to bring the end of the world. Well, actually, it was it was all made up anyway. It's just us waking up to that it was all made up in the first place. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Dave. Another one, uh, chapter 22, page 470 in the text. Page 470 in the text, chapter 22. This is section one, actually, in uh, paragraph seven and eight. And this is all in, uh, in respect to the holy relationship, our holy relationship with our true capital S self, with the Christ in each of us, with the Christ in the other guy, with the Christ in, ourself, in myself, which is one Christ. Paragraph seven, paragraph eight. Abe, you want to read that? Mr. Christmas shirt. <laughs> okay, be happy to. All right. <laughs> so in each holy relationship is the ability to communicate instead of separate reborn. Yet a holy, holy relationship so recently reborn itself from an unholy relationship and yet more ancient than the old illusion it has replaced is like a baby now in its rebirth. Still in this infant is your vision returned to you, and he will speak the language that you can understand. He's not nurtured by the something else you thought was you. He was not given there, nor was received by anything except yourself. For no two brothers can unite except through Christ, whose vision sees them as one. Think what is given you, my holy brother, this child will teach you what you do not understand and make it plain. For his will, for his will be no alien tongue. He will need no interpreter to you, for it was you who taught him what he knows because you knew it. He could not come to anyone but you, never to something else. Where Christ has entered, no one is alone. For never could he find a home in separate ones. 
yet must he be reborn into his ancient home. So seeming new and yet as old as he, a tiny newcomer depending on the holiness of your relationship to let him live. God save. Well, uh, he, uh, this is a, uh, a way of introducing Jesus to us in a way that normally, you know, I don't think of Jesus like a, a little baby coming in to my life uh, and gently bringing in this, this wonderful uh, message. So it's a, it's a way to bypass a lot of the baggage I have around the image, you know, the idea of Jesus. It's just a nice way of bringing him back into my life in a way that my ego doesn't resist as much. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Gets us a little less scared about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, you know, it's certainly traditionally, uh, our preoccupation with gift giving in the world, our preoccupation with the lights, with the decorations, with all the buying, with all the shopping. Um, I mean, it really is a distraction from what the, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty obvious distraction, even at a worldly level from what the real message, you know, Charlie Brown talking to, or Linus talking to Charlie Brown. What's the real message of Christmas, Charlie Brown? <laughs> it's all about this birth of the Christ consciousness in each of us. Yeah. And how, because of the fear around that, we tend to uh, make up all these distractions. But I do like my new Christmas shirt. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Go ahead, Maya. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, I, uh, last night I was, um, I was doing the jigsaw puzzle <laughs> and um, listening to classical uh, music, uh, Christmassy sort of, some, some of it, but just really very inspired music. And I was gonna say that's the one thing about the holidays that actually puts me closer to a holy instant uh, and the sense of the presence of, of who I really am with my brother and with God that I, yeah, I was really transported last night and quite to my surprise. And then I was remembering that my mother, who was an atheist all her life, since she was 12 years old, and I was raised by atheists, and I was thinking how she was a humanist. She believed in the goodness in people. And she never, ever demonstrated that she was missing or losing out because she did not believe in a deity. A lot of Christians think that if people don't have a quote, a faith, something to believe in, that they're, they're gonna be unhappy. But my mother was never unhappy. And she demonstrated, I think, that like the holy instant without calling it such, and, and, and music brought her to, her to her sense of the truth, I think. So I just wanted to say, I think music can really be a gateway, a bridge for us for a holy instant. And uh, it has been for me at times. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Maya. Thanks, Abe. The, uh, 
about a week ago, we were able to hear um, Handel's Messiah done in a gospel gospels slash jazz kind of uh, frame. <laughs> Too hot to handle, they called it. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize how, man, it was something. <laughs> Just taking that whole message and reframing it from a whole different culture, pretty much a, a Black Southern slavery kind of culture. Um, and singing it that way was, whew, <laughs> it was really something, yeah. And you know, even Ken's uh, own uh, rebirth, if you will, came through Beethoven. So yeah, music's pretty powerful. And any of us that, you know, just being on the planet, it's hard to ignore that fact, <laughs> even, even in terms of worldly stuff, for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Maya. Javier, where are you at in South America? Are you warm there? Is that the jungle behind you? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, can you? Yeah. Hi, yeah, in Chile. Chile, all right. The south, the south is not jungle, but it's a forest. <laughs> it's nice. It looks very nice. Very pretty. And it's hot. <laughs> it is very cold in, in my town in Canada. It's very cold right now, so I'm very happy to be here. All right. Especially in the class. Pretty exciting to have you. Thank you. <laughs> and bringing warm well wishes. <laughs> All right. And Erica, I think, is in Colombia. Go figure. <laughs> We're pretty an international crew today. Here she comes. <laughs> are you still there? Are you? Yeah, there you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my. I'm visiting my dad here in Medellin. Oh. <laughs> It's the weather is nice here too. It's like uh, seventy degrees out. It's very sunny. It's beautiful. Wow. Very I don't good. want to make you too jealous, but just wanted to share and <laughs> rub it in a little bit. <laughs> Wonder how cold it is in New York right now. I know. Yeah, it's very cold. It's like five degrees in New York City. So I'm very happy to be here instead of in New York City. And Buffalo got what six feet of snow yesterday. <laughs> six feet i don't think that was possible in one day <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah not fun <laughs> but it, it, people watch what you ask for everybody wants a snowy christmas <laughs> all right good to have you thanks okay. uh, while you're here you want to if you feel like you're eating erica um let's see the next one will be chapter 19 page 419 Let's see. What paragraph? Uh, nine and ten, I think, work. Nine and ten, so that's four eighteen. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. The fear of death will go as its appeal is yielded to love's real attraction. The end of sin, which nestles quietly in the safety of your relationship, protected by your union with your brother, and ready to grow into a mighty force for God is very near. The infancy of salvation is carefully guided by love, preserved from every thought that will attack it, and quietly made ready to fulfill the mighty task for which it was given you. Your newborn purpose is nursed by angels, cherished by the Holy Spirit, and protected by God himself. It needs not your protection, it is yours, for it is deathless, 
and within it and within it lies the end of death. Did you say to retent also? Yeah, one more, please. So what danger can assail the holy innocent? What can attack the guiltless? What fear can enter and disturb the peace of sinlessness? What has been given you, even in its infancy, is in full lessness? Oh my God, sorry. It's in full communication with God in you. In its tiny hands, it holds, in its tiny hands, it holds in perfect safety. Every miracle you will perform held out to you. The miracle of life is ageless, born in time, but nourished in eternity. Behold this infant to whom you gave a resting place by your forgiveness of your brother and see in it the will of God. Here is the babe of Bethlehem, of Bethlehem reborn, and everyone who gives him shelter will follow him, not to the cross, but to the, to the resurrection and the life. Any thoughts, Eric? It's just beautiful. It's, um, uh, it's uh, I don't know, it's like it's a very warm feeling. Uh, it really, really, really gives a different meaning and feeling to Christmas, especially for me. Like, I mean, I'm here in Colombia and Christmas is all about gifts and party and uh, loud music and a lot of food. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I have a big family, so there's uh, arguments here and there. So it's like, like I, you know, when I'm practicing the course or as a student of the course, I have to be very centered and remember what my purpose is in the middle of the storm because it can get very nosy outside. And if I forget my purpose, I just get lost and then I won't enjoy Christmas as I could enjoy it as a, you know, as a student of the course. So just reading this is like, oh, okay. I forgot that there's another way of saying things. I mean, of saying Christmas. Very good. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, paragraph 10, line seven. Behold this infant to whom you give a resting place. How? By your forgiveness of your brother. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's like the way we create um, our minds to become a manger for the Christ. The rebirth of the Christ in us is by through the forgiveness of our brother. We take all those Christmas party celebration situations and we use them not to beat each other up, but we use them as a way to get back to the mind. Jesus, help me see my family the way you do. Help me see my brothers the way you do. Help me see Christmas the way you do. And then he's describing what it is and seeing it the will of God. Here in the mind, here in this place internally where we forgive our brother is the babe of Bethlehem reborn. And everyone who gives him shelter will follow him, not to the cross, not to sacrifice, not to death. Jesus was not born to die. <laughs> Traditional Christian belief, die for our sins. Jesus, from the course's point of view, was certainly born 
to reawaken in us that the resurrection is the emphasis. The life inside of us already is a done deal. Not to the cross, but to the resurrection and the life. Yay. That's good. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Erica. Alrighty. Next, uh, not so red message, page 324. Just one little paragraph. In the text, the time of rebirth, section 10. And uh, chapter 15 really has a lot of uh, references to Christmas time. Um, powerful, powerful references to Christmas time. Paragraph one, though, um, kind of um, frames this particular section. Linda, Scampy, you want to feel like reading? <laughs> Paragraph one, page 324. Hey. All right. It is in your power in time to delay the perfect union of the Father and the Son. For in this world, the attraction of guilt does stand between them. Neither time nor season means anything in eternity. But here it is the Holy Spirit's function to use them both, though not as the ego uses them. This is the season when you would celebrate my birth into the world. Yet you know not how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit teach you, and let me celebrate your birth through him. The only gift I can accept of you is the gift I gave to you. Release me as I choose your own release. The time of Christ we celebrate together, for it has no meaning if we are apart. Any thoughts, Linda? Together or not at all. <laughs> Christmas, together or not at all. Hmm. Yeah. I can't leave anybody out, I guess. <laughs> no, Tim, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> Sometimes. Not today, I won't. <laughs> thanks thanks linda all righty i told lynn corona i was going to do it 20 minutes i've already lied on christmas so it's all yours lynn thanks thanks linda you're on mute lynn oh well thanks thanks tim thanks for the great lead in to um what we're going to be looking at here together. Um, the other night, Tim and I were talking about uh, questions <laughs> and, um, you know, what are, what are meaningful questions? What are appropriate questions? And, you know, we had different thoughts. We passed back and forth. And, and uh, when I retired that night, I started thinking about it again. And um, I realized that truly the only, the only question, there's really only one question. <laughs> and that question is, what am I? Um, and that's the, the question that we're um, living in with the lessons right now, the um, parts of the 
workbook where he goes in depth to different ideas. And so uh, the real question um, I accept as being, what am I? Because when, when we know what we are, um, then we don't have any more questions. <laughs> All questions end with that one. And, um, you know, it turns out in uh, Jesus' teaching um, that he saw the face of Christ in all his brothers. And that was how he remembered God. And um, he's walking us through that process in chapter 15. Um, when we truly accept our identity as, as Christ and not a body. Christ does not come into a body. <laughs> so when we truly accept our identity as Christ, we um, then see the face of Christ in all our brothers because Christ is one. <laughs> and so I wanted... Um, today to have us together share an experience. And that's why I uh, chose to make this a meditation um, and not so much um, going to places in the course, although you are definitely going to hear places in the course that I'm speaking. Uh, paraphrasing a bit, um, but all of it comes from uh, different statements in the in the course. Um, a couple included that uh, that Tim did. In fact, the one on the um, um, this is a season when you celebrate my birth into the world. And I don't think I ever really understood this uh, where Jesus keeps saying. Um, I celebrate this with you um, each time you awaken to the Christ in you. I am there with you. I celebrate this with you. And I thought, well, of, of course he does, because again, Christ is one and he knows that. <laughs> and we don't, you know, as uh, our identification with the body consumes us. Um, and distracts us constantly so that we, we come to have these experiences um, in moments, in holy instants. And sometimes we're fortunate to uh, not only know it with a brother, but to experience it with a brother. And uh, and in some occasions, I'm sure you've all had this experience when you've been in a um, holy situation, um, a, maybe a meditation, and you felt your oneness. Um, you felt uh, the indivisibility of your beingness. And you, you knew that that was that was real, and you knew that that was in every brother. 
And um, the Course is asking us, um, Jesus being the teacher, he tells us, your way is going to be different. Your way is different. The way you are going to come to know the Christ in you is to see it in your brother, to uh, recognize that it is in every brother, because it is in every mind, because the Holy Spirit is in every mind. So um, this is um, obviously a, a shared experience. And um, when we really come to know that the Christ is in us and there's only one Christ and it's shared, um, then we're really at peace. Then we know that peace, the peace of Christ is, uh, is with us. You know, the Course says um, a uh, universal experience is not only possible, but it's necessary. But, or and, what became clear to me is when, when Christ is with us and we know it, uh, when we believe it, we'll know it. And when we know it, we all know that everyone has it. It's not possible. It, it's not something we do one at a time, but we know that everyone has it. And once we know everyone has that and we believe it, we're willing to see it. I was so glad to mention that. Uh, uh, you know, the Course says, when you believe it, you'll see it. And the ego says, when you see it, you'll believe it. <laughs> So it's always you have to see things in order to believe them as far as the ego goes, has to prove it to you. But in this case, uh, Jesus is teaching us that it comes from within us and we give it. We extend it. In fact, um, here's one of the early statements where uh, he says something of that nature. The father must give fatherhood to his son because his own fatherhood must be extended outward. You who belong in God have the function of extending his fatherhood by placing no limits upon it. And then let the Holy Spirit teach you how to do this. Obviously, we don't know how to do this. This is not a doing. Seeing Christ in our brother is not a doing. Uh, recognizing Christ in ourselves is not a doing. It's a not doing. It's an allowing. Um, let the Holy Spirit teach you how to do that. For you can know what it means only of God himself. So um, 
And then he goes on. When you meet anyone, remember it's a holy encounter. In other words, once we know that Christ is what we are, then every encounter is a holy encounter. And we, we recognize what joins us is Christ and um, not the body. Uh, Jesus as the Prince of Peace um, teaches us in chapter 15 that if we lose the body, um, communication isn't broken. But in order to know that, you have to accept that you're not a body. You have to be willing to uh, go through these steps to um, actually come to um, the, the knowing that Christ is in us and Christ is still. And Christ does nothing but be. <laughs> and it dawns, it dawns upon us. So um, let us, Jesus knew, again, this was the fastest way for us to wake up. Um, he says over and over, um, and I need to do nothing. Save time for me, save time for me. This is the way, your way will be different. And um, this is also something that can't be gotten or attained because it already is. So it's a matter of recognition. It's a matter of um, making the experience a confirmation for ourselves. Even those little instances where a holy instant, those are confirmations, they confirming that we reside somewhere other than in a body. So, um, I trust that Jesus is here with us this morning. How could he not be when we're learning the very thing that he says is the most, most important to him and that we already are fully endowed with everything that we need to do this. Uh, in the section on Jesus the Christ, he says that uh, his little life on earth, it was not long enough for him to carry out the uh, plan of the atonement. And so he will remain with us. Uh, actually, it's the section where he's talking about himself. And he says, I will remain with you until we complete this. And um, when, when our will is to do that, when our will is to carry that out, then our sight, um, our vision comes to us and we begin to um, see with the eyes of Christ for the eyes of, eyes of Christ are shared. Um, walking with him, he says, walking with me is just as easy as walking with a brother because that's what it is. I am a brother and I am here with you. And, uh, you know, 
share your pains, share your sorrows with me, but leave them behind. At the end of it, he says, leave them all behind and find the peace of God. And so that's what we're here to do this morning is to have an experience of the peace of Christ. Christ is peace. And um, to realize when, when he says, um, this Christmas, um, the sign of Christmas is a star. And see it not outside yourself, but see it shining. Here comes heaven, Stephen, shining in the heaven within you. And in a little bit later, he's going to tell us we are the heaven. We are God's heaven. So Stephen had asked a question in the class the other day, something about, I don't even remember the question, but I do remember the answer that, you know, the son of God is heaven. So um, see um, this star shining in the heaven within and accept it, accept it that the time of Christ has come for you, for you. This would be the true uh, mission of Christmas, if you will, the true purpose for Christmas is to see the Christ within us. Uh, he comes demanding nothing. Again, there's nothing as we go into this meditation. There's nothing that you need do. Don't make images. Don't bring your ideas. In fact, simply do this is such a great lesson for dropping everything and, and, and coming with empty hands. So you'll hear parts of simply do this in the meditation where we let go of everything we think we know, even everything we know about Christ and how Christ will come to us because we don't, we don't know. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's Jesus' job to hear our call and answer us. And we're always answered when we call, we're always answered. Lynn is on page 327 in the text, by the way, paragraph two, page 327. Um, the other thing that he says here is you but need to invite him in. You but need to invite him in. And the moment we turn in that direction, we turn within and we invite, we've already crossed over from the body identity to turning within and grace is already there with us as we turn and come to ask for this teaching. Um, you need but invite him in who is there already. <laughs> So we're not asking for something that isn't within us already. We're not asking for peace, which is, isn't, isn't there. It's there already. All of this is there already. We're, we're just so, again, consumed with our personhood and the body's senses and what it reports and 
all that's going on and we're looking externally that we rarely take the time to look with look within and take that journey to uh, with uh, uh, help of the Holy Spirit to the peace within. Uh, let me see if there's anything else I want to read here. No, I think that will do it. So set yourself up um, to be um, comfortable and still and um, I would ask you to put your books aside and um, remembering our goal is always the same. It's always peace. And when we say to know oneself, peace is what you are, peace is what Christ is. Stillness is used throughout the course. The Christ in you is very still. Um, all words that indicate there's nothing to do, but only to see what's there already. To see what's there already. To recognize it for yourself and confirm it for yourself. Because this is, this is how it happens. We, nothing's going to descend upon us and do this for us. We have to see what's already there. All right. Um, So um, be still, that will be the first order of business. And just be here, be here now, not somewhere else. And remember you're not seeking anything. You're not trying to get somewhere. You're not trying to do anything. We're here together. We're here with our teacher. If thoughts arise, they come and go. Just let them come and go. Remember, the ego is used to having your full attention. The body is used to having your full attention. So it will want some attention. But just let the thoughts come and let the thoughts go. They're all part of our imagining. ideas, things in the world come to your mind. Remember again, they're all parts of our imaginings. Don't log into them. Again, don't make images. Don't try to make something happen. Simply do this, be still.
Jesus knows this place very well. So ask him for help. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. And we enter the universe of spirit. Spirit is in a state of grace forever. Your reality is only spirit. Therefore, you are in a state of grace forever. Our spiritual education begins here. Learning what's true. Having turned away from a moment from the world and from the body. We open our minds and we ask to see what's here, what's already here. Is there anything missing? Is there anything you need?
Is there any conflict? Does this belong to someone? Does it have boundaries or borders? Make this yours. Make this experience true for you. Recognize it, confirm it. Does it have a beginning? Does it have an end? Knowing this is always with you. This changeless dwelling place, the Course calls it. The home within. Knowing this will infuse everything you do.
who will make your life easier, more joyous, sweeter. Suspicion falls away when you know this is the truth. When you know Christ and you see Christ in everyone. You feel safe. Fear is impossible. And the Holy Spirit transforms and translates everything to certainty. You need to do nothing for all of this. In fact, to do anything involves the body. Life is in the mind. It is only in the mind. It is here. Everything else will follow effortlessly. You need take care for nothing. This peace is always with you, and you bring it, you bring it to the world in everything you do, everywhere you go, every activity. We don't have to sit in a chair the rest of our lives and meditate. That's not what this is about. It truly is how do we be truly helpful? To be truly helpful, we have to know ourselves. What am I? I am God's son. Complete. And heal and whole. I am host to God. I am shining in the reflection of his love.
in you is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In you You are perfected. God's holy son. Sinless forever, pure. and beloved. Our use for words is almost over now. In the final days of this one year we gave to God together, you and I, we found a single purpose that we shared. And Jesus is saying, you joined with me. So what I am, you are as well. The truth of what we are is not for words to speak or describe. Yet we can realize our function here. And words can speak of this and teach it too, if we exemplify the words in us. We are the bringers of salvation. We accept our part as saviors of the world, which through our joint forgiveness is redeemed. And this, our gift, is given us. We look on everyone his brethren, and perceive all things as kindly and good. We do not seek a function that is past the gate of heaven. Knowledge will return when we've done our part. We are concerned only with welcoming the truth. Ours are the eyes through which Christ's vision sees a world redeemed from every thought of sin. Ours are the ears that hear the voice for God proclaim the world as sinless 
and ours are the minds that join together as we bless the world. And from this oneness that we have attained, we call to all our brothers, asking them to share our peace and consummate our joy. We are the holy messengers of God who speak for him and carry his word to everyone whom he has sent to us. We learn what is written in our hearts and thus our minds are changed about the aim for which we came and which we seek to serve. We bring the glad tidings to the Son of God who thought he suffered. And now he is redeemed. As he sees the gate of heaven open up before him, he will enter in and disappear into the heart of God. Amen. So make this gentle pathway, this gentle way to remember God, the different way, the way in which we see Christ in all our brothers. This is, this is the way Jesus is teaching us. We don't have to sit and meditate for hours on end, but we do have to see the Christ in all our brothers to remember that this is not something we have for our specialness. It has nothing to do with individuality. It can't be obtained by a person. That has to be dropped. <laughs> and those moments of stillness, when we turn within, we are letting go of what is in the way and letting go of the world so that this can become a part of our, our daily living, our knowing of this, our acceptance of this. So thank you. Thank you so much for all the effort I know you make, the classes, the teachers, how we're all dedicated to learning the truth about ourselves by being the truth about ourselves. We have to be willing to demonstrate, to learn it. The Holy Spirit will work through us in order to show us that we literally are the Holy Spirit. But it's about that extension that as, as the Father extends to the Son, the Son extends to his his creations extends the same thing the love the peace the joy and that's our mission here so thank you so much for accepting the christ in you uh, and and 
being the Christ in you and seeing it everywhere. God love you. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for everything. My brothers. Thank you. My brothers in Christ. Thank we're you. Brothers and bodies. We're brothers in Christ. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank Merry you, Christmas. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Everybody. Happy Christmas. Very happy Christ Mass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you.